Hey all, and hello again. Thanks for coming back to the Hammer of Sparts podcast. Today, I got the opportunity to talk to fan favorite, Forge FC star goalkeeper, Tristan Henry. We get to talk about why anyone would want to be a keeper in the first place, the mindset it takes to come back from a mistake, and where the incomparable Tristan Henry edge and grit comes from. I continue to learn so much about the men behind the jerseys on the show. So happy to share a different side of them with you. Let's get started. All right, welcome back to the Hammer of Sparks podcast. And today I've got another good guest with me. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, this is Andy. Tristan Henry is in the house with us tonight. All right, our goalkeeper extraordinaire signed back. So first things first, welcome back to the team. Um, how long have you known that you would be back this season? Um, I think it's been about a week now. It hasn't been too long. Wow, so, so it's fresh. All right, so, fresh. <laughs> so what brought you back? Like, obviously, the team is successful and stuff like that, but what made you want to come back again to play for Forge? <laughs> um... Well, the goal was to, at the end of the season was to to try a new new challenge and and go to the next level. But um, sometimes things are out of your control, um, like stuff when it comes to like visa and stuff like that. So um, things just didn't work out, and I was like, you know, this is this is the next best thing, and I'm comfortable here, and things have been successful here, so why not come back? So. So I'm not come back to success. So, so I'm hearing like some talk of visas and stuff like that. So, is that like, is is a dream an overseas move for you? Is that something that's it's really always been in your heart? Uh, I think it was more more so um, like the MLS. I think that was that was mm-hmm. the next step. Um, hopefully the next step, but for, like it didn't work. It didn't work out this year. Like I said, with visas and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm back and trying with another one. I mean, as Forge fans, we're we're gonna take that for sure. Um, but of course we, we want to see all of our players move on to, to bigger and higher heights. And I know it hasn't, it's kind of strange to me, like we're the easily forge is easily the most successful team in the league, but we haven't necessarily seen this, uh, exodus of our players going on to, to higher levels. Like little by little, we're going slightly higher USL with Daniel Crutzen recently and stuff like that. But even like Kwame Awuwa, when he left us, he still hasn't gone. We expect to see all of you guys up in the MLS, but it hasn't happened yet. What do you think is is the the biggest challenge to make that next step up to to MLS level? Um, I don't think it's our quality. It's definitely not um, our ability on on the field. I think the problem it comes with um, like immigration and and status. So um, unless it's Toronto, see Montreal or Vancouver, there's no unless we have a green card or uh, you're a permanent U.S. citizen. No team is really gonna take you unless they start. You're gonna be a starter there, and they have to make you an international guy. So unless you have that green card or use your citizenship, you're kind of looked at in a different way. Um, but it definitely not does definitely doesn't have to do with quality because you know we have we have some good guys on on Forge and we've had that since day one. So it's definitely not that. We've seen how you guys can hang on the field with, with guys from the MLS for sure. So we know it's not the quality thing. I, I agree with you 100%. So, but we can see now that there are those barriers with the MLS, even though it's a build as a North American league. It really is an American league outside of those three Canadian teams, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different <laughs> uh, once you leave those three teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Enough said on that part. So, we'll move on that. so to me, keepers have always seemed like a, a different breed. Like, uh, I mean, players usually dream of, you know, 
running down the field, curling that ball into a postage stamp in the corner at 100 miles per hour and stuff like that. But your like dream is to like dive in front of that 100 mile per hour shot. To me, that's already a different kind of mindset. What made you be want to become a goalkeeper? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was, I definitely had that dream before. I I was a striker too. I was about ten or twelve. Um, like I was fast, I was athletic, but I just couldn't score it. So like, I had, <laughs> all the attributes are the most important one. Right. I just went. Um, one day I just put on the gloves, and I was like, okay, this works for me. But yeah, it takes a, a different type of person to be a goalkeeper. Your mask. Uh, there's definitely a screw missing up there to stand in front of those shots <laughs> and dive at people's feet. But I don't know. Some, somehow it works for me. I don't know. And, it, and it's funny because I was thinking when I was when I was preparing my questions and stuff, I was thinking like sometimes you look like a keeper who's one of those kids who kind of got stuck there because, uh, you know, they didn't have anyone to play or something because you definitely look like you want to be out there playing. You're out there controlling the ball, making passes, leaving yeah. the box maybe a little bit more than some of the fans like. But uh, <laughs> what is it exactly that? <laughs> Like, I mean, how important is it for you, especially in Bobby's system, to be able to do that kind of stuff, to be able to play the ball well with your feet? I mean, you're like a sweeper keeper back there. I don't know how many times I've seen you, you know, out of the box, cutting off a, a, a counterattack and stuff like that, or a long ball. Stuff like that. How important is that to you in, in Bobby's system? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, and that's the modern-day goalkeeper um, in itself. You have to be able to be um to to be good with your feet, um to play high off your line and and really like you said play as a sweeper so the the position has changed a lot um whether it's playing in the cpo or playing at the next level if you don't have good feet and and if you're not be able to be aggressive and start the attack um and be close to your defenders like that you won't you won't be successful so in general the the position has changed and of course bobby plays that system where it's really uh possession based um so goalkeepers have, his goalkeepers have to be good with their feet and be involved with the play so that's yeah, I mean, and it shows, stuff. obviously it shows in the games, right? But I think yeah. that's, for a lot of fans, I don't know if it's maybe like the, the traditional kind of stuff we're used to seeing keepers stay back in the net stuff. I absolutely love watching you all over the pitch, yeah. passing the ball, playing the ball. And I mean, I spend a lot of my time defending you online. So elephant in the room, we're going to get to that part. Uh, I spend a lot of my time making memes, shutting down, talk about how Forge needs a new, better keeper and stuff like that. So I'm sorry to do this, but all Forge fans remember the Arcai Eagle or maybe that that tough bounce in the Cruz Azul game, or I think it was against Edmonton, uh, getting chipped when you were out of the goal and stuff like that. Stop me whenever you want me to here, but those kind of things are going to happen when you're playing that modern style, right? So how what is it that talk about the psychology of having something like that, a big goal or a, a little mistake or something that that costs you, and then being able to come back. Yeah, like you said, that that comes with, with the modern day goalkeeper. You take a lot of risk, um, playing with your feet, playing high off your line. So it just comes with comes with the position. But uh, the psychology part, it's it's tough. It's being a goalkeeper in in, in general. People, uh, you can make a hundred saves, you make one mistake, and that's how people remember. So it's just about bouncing back and trying not to let, um, like one mistake, uh, I guess, define you. Or let that carry on throughout the season. It's just about bouncing back and and just getting back to what you're you're comfortable with and and what you're good at. But yeah, I understand that when when fans see that you see that um all across the world when a goalkeeper makes a mistake, they're quick to get on him. But when he's making those easy saves or he's making the top corner saves, no one says anything. But like I said, that that's a part of the position. And yeah, I'm used to. It. But yeah, there's been a couple of, uh tough mistakes. But yeah, that comes with everyone makes mistakes, right? 
Well, and, and I think it's exponential with us uh, at Forge because we have so much possession of the ball that there's almost like that. <laughs> I, I've joked sometimes you could put a hammock up in the net sometimes on our team. And then all of a sudden it's like a two-on-one breakaway coming at you and you got to make this huge save. How do you, so we talked about the psychology of, you know, coming back from a big mistake or something like that to the next game or, or later in the season. How do you do it within the game, keeping yourself in the game when so much of the play is in the other end? Yeah, that's that's the tough part of playing for a team like Ford, a team that's so good and, and a team that usually dominates possession. But um, for me, it's just talking, uh, talking to the back line, talk to other players, um, doing things like that keeps me engaged in the game. And usually once I stop talking, that's when my mind goes and um, I start thinking about random things. I'll get caught staring into the crowd. and But that's that's when your mind goes. So for me, I just I usually just try and talk um non-stop talking whether the ball is on the other end or it's in our box I just keep talking um I play a little mind games with myself I do a lot couple things that, that keep me in the game but yeah it's tough being um being a goalkeeper on a team like that because once you said um you get one shot or two shots a game one goes in it's like yeah they had what two shots and you let in one in but that shot's coming from inside the six so what do you do but yeah. right now, now I'm super interested in that. You said you play some mind games. I feel like now I have a job to do it in the belt in the 112 now to kind of uh, keep you on your game, remind you and stuff like that. <laughs> but what are some of the kind of the mind games that you play to kind of keep yourself fresh? Because that's really that's really fascinating to me, like the in-game stuff that you have to do to keep yourself laser focused. Yeah. Um. Usually, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I pray. I used mm. to say a prayer and it just like locked me back into the game. Or sometimes I count my steps. I try not to step on certain lines. Like, it'll just keep me in the game. Just little things just to keep you going. Wow. Um, but, yeah, just things like that other than talking. That, that's things. fascinating. Th- thanks for the, the big insight into the, the mind of a goalkeeper where the screws are already loose. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's different. We're different people. <laughs> and I wonder, too, how much there's a um, a sense that you have to prove and even reprove yourself in this league because you've been a Golden Gloves winner. You've been like I can't get over this stat in a you've been in five finals games, you've let in one goal. And people are talking about, well, where should you look at having a new goalie? That drives me absolutely crazy. But how does that make you feel when you hear that those kind of things, whether it's you know not getting nominated for a golden gloves, if those kind of things even matter to you, or is it something that you're like, you know what, I guess just gotta go out and, and shut those doubters up? Yeah, I think certain things bother me, like like not being nominated, like that stuff is just insane like it doesn't make any sense it's more disrespectful than anything um but other than that yeah I just I do it for me and I and I do it for my family I think my, my teammates and the coaches know and they trust in me and my goal is always to get to the next level and, and prove myself so I think that's what drives me just I try and stay away from comments and reading you know just stuff like that because people always have something to say a lot of them don't even know what's going on so I just try not to read into that and, and that's another thing, too. Like, a lot of fans, obviously, as much as we love the game, we've never been on the pitch, and we don't know what the dynamic is with the team, right, and how the team is gelling and stuff like that. And as long as, you, I guess, you have the faith of those guys, that's all that really matters, right? Right. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's also interesting to me, I guess, being able to to get through that kind of the disrespect of not being nominated, because I know it, even though you try not to take attention to it, it kind of does stick with you as, as a player. I'm wondering about then how much does that make, how much sweeter does that make things like the finals or that massive save you made in front of us, us all road travelers when we went up to Ottawa and, and 
seeing them break out and have that great chance and you made that big stop and then we go the other way and put in a second one so how does that how much does that feel justifying your abilities despite what they no, say that, right no that does feel good and i just i just try and let my game do the talking instead mm -hmm. of going online and trying to defend that like i said I just try and um make the saves for my team and keep my team in the game and i know um the fans support me uh so yeah. i just try and make my game do the talking and people say whatever they want to say but uh, whoever needs to know um they know um who's the best so I guess it makes it a little bit easier when you play on a team that's won four, three titles in four years and has never had a coach of the year. This league, this league will make you scratch your head. We're, we're going to move away from those conversations before we both go crazy. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So you're back again for year five, like which is crazy to me that already we're at the fifth year of this of this league just starting out. It seems for us locally like it's it's really. We always joke about like we're living in the good old days. Like we were able to talk to you guys, to see you guys after practice or after games and stuff like that, to party with you guys after championships. Um, so, but it must be like, what is it about that brings you back to the scene in the locker room? Is it is the vibe there really that amazing, or is it like, hey, we're winning all the time, or is it a combination of both? Yeah, it's a combination of both. Winning definitely helps with the vibe and and the overall culture of the team. I think we've had that since day one. A lot of guys knowing each other. I think we built that culture and built that winning, um, the winning culture as well. Therefore, so there's an expectation. And I think like all of us there love to win, right? Who doesn't love to win? Right. I think when we're winning, we're doing well. The vibes are good, and and when it's not, we're able to pick each other up and know uh, where we've been, and we're able to lean on past experience we've playing in all these big games. So, I think nothing really phases us, and we just try and get through it as a team. Oh, that's a great point because I know last year you guys, towards the end of the summer or August anyway, you guys went into a little bit of a slump. And I know as fans, we were panicking. It was the first time we've ever seen like back-to-back -back losses and stuff like that. Everybody's like, mm. the sky is falling. But then you guys come back and go on a run, get through Calgary and then win the finals. Is yeah. it that big game experience that allowed you guys to do that? Yeah, definitely. And I think people forget that we had like three weeks off from the lot from the season prior because mm -hmm. um, we had to play Champions League. So at some point, we were going to tire out. Right. And I think that that was just a point in the season where it hit us. And I think we're all going crazy in our minds and, and the football just wasn't there. But we had all the right ideas. And I think once we were able to steady the ship, we were, we were good from there. Um, but no, I don't think that... Yeah, they were, I won't lie. There was there was some friction in the locker room there just because we weren't used to it, right? But we were yeah. able to pick it up. I think that's probably a massive thing, like to... to finally have your first really extended slump it must be like a, again another growing uh period for you guys to learn finally how to come back from that too right yeah yeah it was tough but i think it shows resilience and, and the quality in the group that we we're able to get through that and win a championship again amazing all right i want to talk a little bit about big games since we kind of mentioned those you've played in five cpl finals matches because there was the two legs in the first year you've allowed only one goal You've played all over the, the um, Central America in big matches in CONCACAF League. You've even been down between the sticks at the Azteca, uh, not to mention penalties versus TFC and CF Montreal. What's the biggest game or the biggest memory, the one that always stands out to you? Or even um, is there, can you even pick one? <laughs> yeah, I think you I think you have to say the Azteca, just playing there and in a stadium like that with, with that much history. Um, and that's a uh, stadium you grow up um, watching games in and dream of playing in there. And then 
for the first time just to step on that field and just look around and say, wow, like we're really here. Um, especially for a team that's been around for I think it was about four years at the time or three right. and a half years. And it was just it was just crazy. Just everything it felt like a video game. Like it was, just, <laughs> it was amazing. But like this, like I said, there's just so many uh good memories in those big games. And go back to the Santos game at Tim Morton Field when we when we got one three nil. Right. Um, coming back in aggregate, like, uh, it's just been a lot of crazy games. Yeah. A lot of crazy games, a lot of memories. And a lot of th those ones come up, whether it's the, the first ever game at Tim Hortons Field. The Santos game is a huge one because we knew, you guys knew how much you had to do to win that aggregate and to be able to do that yeah. was, was something else. And to see, I mean, not that I normally like to see anybody sad, but just seeing how dejected the other team was, like almost like they couldn't believe what this Hamilton team had done to them, right? Yeah. For, for, for us to go into that competition and beat teams with 30 40 50 years of history and then we're a year that's we're a team that's two three years old and we're beating them so it's yeah pretty amazing i know you can see that respect like throughout the league like watching other teams uh fans applaud you guys off the field and stuff like that and and of course qualifying for champions league all that kind of stuff is is doing nothing but making a name for the team right yeah for sure um and i guess we won't talk too much about that the penalty kick games because those are those are too tough but I mean, to play MLS teams and be that close uh, on those occasions to, to showing, I mean, Canada has a new league now and we've got some, we've got something to prove. You've been in penalty kicks against TFC and CF Montreal. Um, I know the last time against Montreal wasn't so, so amazing, but yeah. still <laughs> to have played those teams and to show the rest of Canada that maybe doesn't know or isn't tuned in to CPL just yet, that, uh, that you guys are here. How important is that to show that you guys belong on the pitch with the biggest teams in Canada? Yeah, it's huge. I think it, it's one thing to watch um, teams in the league play each other and see the quality, but then it's another challenge when you go up against teams with uh, salaries twice here mm. and budgets twice here. So then you go up against those teams with much qual uh, better quality players and we're able to, to hold our own. And we're un unfortunate to win a couple of those games, like you said, losing in penalties. So yeah, it shows the growth in the league and, and the quality that's in the league. And then you see um, the guys have left and gone on to do good things, and some guys even make the World Cup, so it's pretty amazing um, how far this league is coming, what, four years, four and a half years now? It really is. It's incredible, and now we can see the pathway, and, and we talked a little bit now, I think something that fans don't necessarily think about, the barriers to the to moving forward for Canadian players, but we also see kind of the opportunities as well, seeing like Waterman going to a World Cup, as you're just mentioning and stuff like that. Guys yeah. that you guys have played in all-star games with now graduating to like MLS Next Pro teams and, you know, they're one step away or even guys going over to Europe. So how how realistic is it that you think that in the next little while, I guess I have a couple of questions here, but how mm. close do you feel, despite all the barriers, how close do you feel about getting that opportunity to take that next step for you personally and for, for some of the players on our team? For me, so, okay. So for me personally, I think it's there and, and it's been there. The opportunity, the interest has been there. Like I said, it just comes down to the paperwork, citizenship, right. stuff like that. So that's been a fortunate um, delay for me. But like I said, it shows the quality that's in the league and, and once you have that exposure and um, the, the respect around the league grows, then it makes it a lot easier for guys to move on. But I think the league is going to keep growing and it's doing an amazing job, um, moving a lot faster than I thought it would. So, 
it's really good for Canadian soccer. And that's amazing to hear from players too, because I think there was a there was a whole thought for a lot of the fans that you know what we're going to support this team because it's local. We know the quality is not going to be there, but it's just going to be about cheering on something of your own. And then when we watch you guys play, we're like, whoa, no, this is levels higher than we thought it was going to be. And I think there was a lot of surprise for people being out, and that's why I think we want more people to get out because I don't think people realize just how good the quality is here in this league. Were you surprised by what other teams were able to to put together? Yeah, I was really surprised. Just even just the whole structure of the league itself. It was, I think it was much bigger than I thought it would be. Just the outreach. Um, I didn't think we would play be playing in Concacaf in the first year, playing against Olympia, right. um, beating Olympia at Tim Hortons Field, a legendary, massive team in Concacaf. So, like I said, it's just been a lot better than I ever thought it would be. I didn't even dream of being able to experience what I've experienced in these four years. So. Like I said, the league's on a great path. And as long as you have the fans and the community supporting like you guys always have since day one, the, the sky's the limit for this league. Yeah, and you know what? That's, that's a really good point you make. Because, like, I don't know if I thought it, the league would be where it is. Like, playing, going, getting to watch CONCACAF games, contemplating, you know, let's make any trouble to Central America to follow these guys. Like, that, those are not thoughts that we ever had before, right, about, about a, a local team. I want to take a little step aside, though, a little bit. This has been an awesome conversation, really positive. But there's there's another little bit of controversial stuff that I want to talk about. You're known in the league for having a little bit of uh, grit, sandpaper to your game. And also maybe combined with a little bit of gamesmanship. Like, I remember that the grit coming in the form of, uh, especially against Calvary, maybe the... uh, spit gate moment when when uh, there was a little angry confrontation but i know i know i can see the head shake too because but but that that kind of uh confrontations with escalante to the the other side which i really love the, the gamesmanship that when you're our goalie we love the uh waiting to pick up that long ball as guys get closer and closer and frustrated and you think that guy might just put a boot into you because he's so mad um where does that come from and and what how did that become part of your game because i gotta say we all love it I don't know. I think like that stuff is just it's just fun for me. When you're when it's easy, it's hard when you're in a game when when nothing's going on. But when you're involved and you're able to to influence the game in certain ways, I think that's when your personality comes out. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm two different people. When I'm on the field, uh, I could be that type of gritty guy, like you said. I think the the Scarborough guy in me comes out, but <laughs> sometimes, but <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't know. So I don't know. That's that's stuff just fun for me. I think when you're on. When uh like if you're a goalkeeper, it's fun and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I think that no, maybe that... that goes goes back to why you know voting for goalkeeper of the year. <laughs> I I know that I I always wonder about that a little bit too because definitely your personality is different on the pitch than off mm-hmm. the pitch. I remember first season when we had our after uh the battalion had their after the season awards and we had it at a local pub, and uh, you were there and I, I remember you being on the on the stage and just. The attitude of you guys, uh, especially you, is this really fun-loving guy, you know, joker, obviously consummate team guy. But when you're on the pitch, you seem like you have that little bit of a, a little bit of an edge to you. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense now. Keep yourself in the game and, and uh, show those guys what it's all about, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so also, I, when, so I've talked to some other guys from the team, and everybody's kind of at the same stage where they're – no one's at the end of their career right now, right? Everyone's ready to looking for the next stage. And you're 29 in, in goaltender years. That's like still a baby. You still got yeah. a lot of time. So where do you see yourself? And I know we've talked a lot about you know the Bears and getting the paperwork to work. 
But where do you mm. see yourself? Let's start with this season. Mm. How do you see this season going? And then where do you see yourself in five years? And then where do you see yourself like after soccer is done? Well, soccer is done as a player for you. But let's start with right. this season. How do you see this it going season? for you? We're manifesting here. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, I just want to pick up on what we did last year and my performance last year. Just keep getting better, keep learning, um, keep growing as a, as as a goalkeeper and as as a, and try and be more of a leader. I think this year. Um, but like I said, just keep growing, keep learning, keep trying to get better. Um, and hopefully, good things come at the end. Right on. Okay, so now the five year goal. If you, if you're ma mapping out your career here, yeah. where do you see yourself in five years from now? All things going perfectly perfectly I would say being a starting goalkeeper in MLS like a starting MLS and playing regularly yeah yeah amazing okay and I see that for you and then what is it coming what are you thinking about post the game and you know what I guess this doesn't this could also be while you're playing too because when I talked to Chris Nanko you know he's got his his stuff on the side that he does as well you know and being involved in the community and stuff so what do you see yourself doing after the game or even aside from the game? Because, I mean, we have long off-seasons. We have a lot of downtime. Yeah. What do you see yourself doing outside of the game? Um, I think I, the the ultimate goal is, I think, is to get into the business side of the game, mm -hmm. um, whether it's become like a GM or or something of that, or a technical director, something in that sort. I don't think I would like to do the coaching, so I don't think that's me. No. Um, but even though I do do some coaching now, like um, like I said, we have a lot of spare time in the off seasons now, so I do goalkeeping coaching um, sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think I want to get to the on to the business side of the sport when I'm done. Okay, so two two follow ups to that. What is what is it being like being a goal? Because you said you want to be more of a leader on the pitch this year. That's one of your goals. What is it? How has being a goalkeeping coach helps you with your your uh, with your leadership goals? Maybe perhaps as becoming more of a mentor slash teacher than than just player yeah and I think I think that just goes back to I think being a goalkeeper it's, it's a it's a different position to try and understand and I think a lot of it's leaning on experiences leaning on scenarios um not, and maybe not so much the technical part um like you said a lot of being goalkeeper is being met is mental and psychological so just leaning on past experiences and and doing things that can help you in certain situations so I think being able to to pass that down to, to other goalkeepers or even express that to defenders that they're able to understand our job as well right. um, will help with the communication and the understanding um, all throughout the season and in their careers as well. I think that's a fascinating point you need too because the goaltender's connection with defenders is so huge because you can see things to help them in their game. And yeah. I mean, oftentimes I'm assuming defenders as out players don't necessarily understand exactly the the role of the goalkeeper. So that must be a huge connection that you need to bridge. Yeah, it's it's huge to have that relationship with your defenders. And I think I've been been grateful to have great defenders in front of me um since day one and we're able to have that understanding and like I said, maybe that's why I'm able to play so high off my line and, and they're able to trust me back there and coming off for crosses and, and commanding the box because they can trust me and I think um once you have that understanding it's it's, it's a great um way to, to to build a strong defense and rear back line that's amazing and then moving forward with that with the the business side of the game I think that's yeah. fascinating how how much do you think having the CPL here now because I think that's everybody's looking at the CPL as a, a place for our players to not have to go overseas too young and, and try to struggle and stuff like that, but to actually get some game time in and then make that next move up. 
Um, but how much do you think this is going to help us with with getting into the business side? Because now we have teams, businesses, all kinds of stuff happening right here in Canada. Yeah, it's it's a great um pathway for for guys to to transition into something after they're done playing. And you've seen a couple guys have done it. Um, a couple Calgary guys, um, guys on York have have transitioned as well. I think without this league, that wouldn't even be possible. Um, for us to even to get into these roles. Um, so it's huge, like I said, for the football and then the business side as well for after our careers. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And it's a good point you make. Even Jordan Wilson just announcing his retirement with, with York, and now he's moving into, like, behind the camera. And then you yeah. have guys like uh, Jamar out in PFC and Becky, I guess, out in Ottawa, who are now on the business side too. So, yeah, it's fascinating that we're getting some roles and, and some – I'd love to see what that holds for it, for you sticking around. With Forge. Or I, I guess at that point it would be coming back to Forge from your MLS days. So hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. All right, <laughs> awesome. Um, so I mean, first of all, this has been an amazing conversation. It's not exactly what I expected. We got to see a little mm. bit behind the curtain, find out a little yeah. bit more about the life as a goaltender. If there's one thing you could tell the the fans in Hamilton, especially the young kids coming up, but I mean, you're beloved already. My section when I when I told them I got an interview coming up with you, there's people like, oh my god, I can't wait. Like, now ask them this question. So what is it that you want to impart to your to your fans here in Hamilton if you if you could say one thing about what it means to play here and and what it means to the fans? Uh it's been honestly it's been amazing since day one the support we've had from you guys is it's more than I've ever thought of just how loud you guys are at every home game and seeing you guys at away games, um, the support online even being able to message us and seeing us in person and showing the love, whether it's good or bad. And we, we can't say how much we appreciate that. And we talk about that in the locker room and the coaches are aware of it. Everyone is, and we're so thankful for you guys. But um, I don't know. Like I said, I guess I'm thankful for you guys. And it's been much more than I've ever thought. Um, I love that O. Henry song as well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was going to be my finish. How does that song go? Okay, perfect. So it goes over well. That's what we wanted to hear. And you yeah. know what I mean? I have to say, you really got it down because it's really professional the way when we start getting the O. Henry before the game starts, and you don't immediately, you go through your routine, you do your thing, and then you finally give us the acknowledge, the crowd goes wild. It's like you're a rock yeah. star. You already know how to control the <laughs> I appreciate you guys a lot, man. <laughs> All right. Tristan, thanks so much for taking the time today to have this conversation with us. And I look forward to everything going on the season and having you back on the show again later. For sure. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Thanks, man. All right, bro. All right. If I'm taking anything from this interview, well, it's a couple of things. First is frustration. Frustration that CPL players with the barriers to move up the so-called North American top flight, the MLS, and uh, frustration from the fans on their behalf. Talking to a soft-spoken and introspective Tristan, Henry really brought home the humanity of the situation to me. How frustrating it must be to have documentation and bureaucracy in the way of your next move. But I'm also taking hope out of this episode. Hope that Tristan's chip drives into yet another finals clean sheet, of course. And also hope that the doors this league and these players are banging on now are about to come crashing down. And also some hope that some fans can start to see what I do in Tristan. A keeper who may have the odd mistake in him, sure. But more importantly, a guy who plays the modern game and plays it well. Passing breaking up the counter, denying crosses, and building the offense right back up. Not bad for uh, the striker that couldn't score. 
And if all of us had a screw loose like Mr. Henry does, we'd live in a much more fascinating times. That's for sure. Big thank you to Tristan for, for meeting with us today. And uh, hey, until next time, thanks for listening. See you again on the Hammer of Spod, the Hammer of Sparks podcast. See, I told you, we all have a mistake in us. <laughs>